0: Welcome back everybody. Greetings to you. This is episode 24 of I Was Hornswoggled. It is August 29th, 2022. I welcome you to my podcast journal where I share my awakening from my narcissist induced nightmare. Hornswoggle means to trick or deceive someone and oh let me tell you I have definitely been hornswoggled a time or two in my life. I have decided to share my experiences to offer support to others who are going through the same thing me and my family have. The content I have found surrounding narcissistic abuse by professionals, fellow survivors, has brought me so much comfort knowing that I am not alone, and I'm here to let you know that you are not alone. This podcast is meant to share my experience, share experiences from others that I find in the public forums of the internet, information I found helpful, sources that I that have I found helpful that you can check out on your own, share my feelings as I unpack this entire process. <laughs> it's an everyday thing. It's not like one day you're going, okay, I'm done now. I just feel like you still keep pulling off layers. So as well as your content, that's helped me find answers. So... We are, you can tell, we're not doing a Van Diary today. I am in my office, and it has taken me a while, but this is going to be more of a thing. I have everything situated, I think, to help me keep focused. I struggle with that. So we're going to dive into making sense. We're going to be talking about hoovering today, and let's dive in. Alright, so we're going to talk a little bit about hoovering, I'm going to talk to you more about what hoovering is, then I'm going to share a couple reddit stories, advice from people from that community, and also my own thoughts and opinions. Uh, That is going to be in the making sense portion of the show. Alright, so making sense. Hoovering is the, the whole definition of hoovering is, it means to restart the supply of the narcissist. The narcissist will try to reintegrate themselves from an escaped or an abandoned victim. So it's like in their mind, like you either escape the relationship or they discarded you and abandoned you and kicked you out of their world because they had a new fresh supply. When that supply dries up or doesn't work out and that person, you know, knows what a narcissist is and was like, oh, no, I'm not buying what you're selling. You know, they will come back to where they got their last good feed. And if that's you, you will start to be hoovered. And it's a very confusing thing for people. Like I said before, especially those whose love language is like buying things because some people that is their expression of love when you buy them stuff not everybody has that some people are more service orientated or touch or time you know spending time with them instead of like tangible things they want you to spend time with them so all those things are different people's language of love so a person whose language of love revolves around gifts Tokens of endearment, stuff like that, can be extra confused by hoovering, in my opinion, because of that. Because what they do with hoovering is they will do with anything they can. Whether it's guilting you to come back to them, schmoozing you, blowing smoke up your booty try to oh, flatter you i miss you you were so kind we had it so good you always treated me so nicely i don't know why i ever left you i don't know what i did blah 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 you know or they'll just do grandiose things like try to um, come back into your life by buying you a trip. Hey, why don't you and I go on a cruise? Now in a normal thing you pretty be sure like, why in the hell would I go on a cruise with a person who abused me and and discarded me? like what what or why have you escaped because you knew you were being abused? you were like, why would I why would I want to do that? That sounds like a nightmare. You know, So they will do whatever it takes to win or suck the victim back and resume their narc supply, much like a Hoover vacuum cleaner, which is why many refer to this type of behavior from a narcissist as Hoovering. Many narcissists that were previously ignoring you may suddenly become curiously interested in you all over again, slithering back into your inbox, knocking on your door, calling you out of the blue, leaving little sweet sugary emails and voicemails as if they have forgotten every cruel thing that they have ever done or said about you or to you and If you were successful in actually realizing that you were being treated poorly by a narcissist And you decided to set boundaries or when you went no contact and remove them from your life You can definitely but and expect them to come back around in order to weasel their way back into your life This can be done within weeks can be done within months and it can even be done within years you are never entirely out of the mind of the narcissist if your feed and your supply was so good expect them at some point in time they will once again try and do anything to get you their supply tank back in place to begin the creepy narcissistic abuse cycle all over again and all over with you this can and will be done with gifts apologies out of the blue like they're just you know but if they're not even willing to apologize they will actually shame you by guilting you back into their embrace like I can't believe you didn't see how much I loved you I can't believe it I can't believe you threw away what we had You know, if it was like a romantic relationship or if it was like a family scenario, which is what I'm more, I believe me now, knowing what I know about narcissists, I was hoovered in so many of my past relationships. (laughs) So I read through and reevaluated every person and every relationship in my life now through my little narcissist micro, you know, little spectacle, my little, I can't think of the word because it's one in the morning and that's when I have time to record. So magnifying glass that's the word i'm looking for so i've had to go back and reevaluate everything going oh yeah definitely hoovered there yep the ex trying to do these grandiose gestures when i worked at um going i was working at a salon i'm going to cosmetology school i would have this narcissist boyfriend be you know they'd love bomb you and then they discard you love bomb you discard you and he would do these grandiose if I try to go no contact with them I try to break up with them and separate myself from him all of a sudden I'd go out and there'd be flowers all over my car or he would make appointments under other names and then try to act like it was this amazing surprise and show up. I thought that I had a client coming for like a haircut and it was really my ex-boyfriend with flowers, like constantly trying to hoover me back. But thankfully, when I was younger, I was just like, psh, I'm, nope, there's plenty of fish in the sea, mister. <laughs> so I would move on pretty fairly fast uh, to get rid of them. But I i don't know i just i was really keen to not buying what they were selling but for some reason my covert narcissist mom i couldn't see through that i she was my mom i trusted her and that's the why Having a narcissistic parent is like one of the evil, it's, it's even worse than having like a boyfriend or a husband or a best friend that you thought was a best friend. This person brought you into the world and you have just relied on them your whole life. And then you find out that you were being abused, but you didn't know because they were, it was just so gross. So yeah, fun times. <laughs> so they will once again, um, try to do anything to get you back so that they can start feeding off from you again. Like I said, this will be done with gifts, apologies out of the blue, and then they will try to shame you by saying that you are being stubborn, by not forgiving them and allowing them back in. Um, I've even seen them use, like, religion. Um, they try to use religion, going, Oh, this isn't what God wants. My mom did that big time um she would constantly go you're you, this is the devil the devil's doing this the devil's breaking us apart and i was like yeah the devil you're clearly possessed by something cuz you are acting like a not you're not your wires are not wired right upstairs you know their eye color changes they rage they throw unbelievable temper tantrums they scream they cuss they cur you know it's just and then all of a sudden it's like someone flips a switch and then they try a new personality and then that doesn't work and they flip a switch and they try another personality it's creepy really honestly so um i've i've had them do a lot of that And also, they have one goal, and that is to suck you back into being under their control so they can stick their nasty narc straw back into your happy healing life and begin to suck the life right out of you. And I mean it exactly as I described it. That's their intentions. They don't care about you. They don't love you. They don't miss you. They don't want you back. The only thing they miss is how good you made them feel. And when they suck you dry, they will... Abandon you all over again and faster. I've noticed if you take a narc back in and you fall victim to the hoovering They release you and discard you faster than before Because it's just that just seems to be the pattern from what I've real from what I've seen and heard and you know had done myself so Um, We're going to go to Reddit and cover a couple of those because there are so many people out there suffering from the same things that we are. I wanted to start to add some Reddit scenarios and stories in there because then a lot of other people also give advice too and I like to share that so the first story um they say that i'm a couple weeks into uh, no contact with my necks that means narcissist x on reddit yesterday i received a lovely message that really tugged at me i had to remind myself this part isn't true that part is an exaggeration this other piece is hoovering that's a blame shift oh and that's him playing the victim that's exactly what it's like when they try to reach out they're so bad at trying to be good that's what they are having spent time here and having done a bunch of reading on narcissists definitely helped me identify some of the tactics so i see what's happening but man my heart i feel so bad because even though he's a narc and i see what he's doing he does love me and and does mean these things he just can't see the damage he's done how do you cope Well, first off, you don't assume that you know how they feel. That's the thing that you cannot do. She is saying, he does love me. He does mean these things. How do you know? If actions speak louder than words, clearly you're going no contact for a reason. He does not love you. If you have decided to leave, you and your inner core know that he does not love you. But I think sometimes our ego gets in the way. We want to see ourselves more valuable, more knowing, sitting higher up, more knowing, more aware that we don't want to be real with ourselves and go, if somebody really treated me this way, then that means they don't love me. And I think some people think that if somebody doesn't love you, that your value as a person goes down. That's not how that works. Your value does not shift and move and change on whether or not somebody doesn't see your value. Just because people are blind to your value, your inherent amazing value, does not lessen your value, right? If you close your eyes and you don't see beauty anywhere in your life, you don't see the beautiful sunset. Does that mean the sunset was not beautiful? No. That just means you did not see the sunset. And the same thing goes for other people. They're blinded by your awesomeness. But... You don't get to decide on what they feel and how they think. You, you, we don't. We have to stop doing that. We have to stop speaking for our abuser and going, "They love me." You, if they loved you, you would, you wouldn't be being abused by them. All right. So I understand. My husband sometimes gets like this kind of twisted too with my mom. He doesn't understand that a real mom, if she really truly loved her kids wouldn't shat on them to the extent that my mom did behind our backs for so many years. Um, I would like to think that when I was younger, like, she wasn't horrible um, When the younger I was. It got progressively worse the older we got. She did some sketchy stuff when we were young that I'm starting to to unpack. But she wouldn't do the stuff but she would put us in situations with bad people who would do things. And I think she knew this to be honest and I think it was like plausible deniability. Well if I'm not doing it I can deny the fact that I knew it was done but I still it's being done. You know what I mean. So that a real mother wouldn't, if she really loves her kids, wouldn't put her in harm, put them in harm's way. So I think it's, it can be very confusing for people to not make peace with the fact that your abusers don't truly love you in, in real love. They may lust after you. They love what you can offer them. But on a core level, on a soul level, there's no love there. They're not capable of that. They love themselves. You are not in the picture, you know? And I think that is really hard for some people to to uh wrap their minds around. Because you can still be valuable without people seeing your value. So a sunset still is a sunset, regardless or not, if we see it. It's still it is. It is what it is. So um, there are some feedback from those who um, are also on this Reddit post. All right, the first person, the first poster replied, "When my narcissist ex starts with that, I remind myself that he is entitled to feel how he feels, and that still doesn't mean I was supposed to stay. He has genuine, he can genuinely believe that I am a shit person. Excuse my language um, for leaving, but I had to leave." He can try his hardest to convince me that I deserve the way he treated me, but I still had every right to remove myself from that situation if it wasn't good for me. Other people have feelings, even narcs, sure, but that will never negate your own. And I'm so glad that I chose to read that one because that's true. That is another part where people feel like just because somebody loves you doesn't mean you have to keep them in your life. And I and I was raised with that feeling. Like, I remember being younger and thinking, if this guy asked me out, I had to say yes because he... Sh- must like me so therefore I must also like him like it was like a weird thing like I wouldn't allow myself to just be like well thank you for liking me the feelings are mutual I didn't really have that so I don't know if that was like a symptom of what my childhood was but I felt like I wasn't truly picking people until I picked my husband that I'm with now I don't feel like I actually was active and picking my my uh, boyfriends in the past i feel like they liked me so i was like all right i guess we're doing this like i wouldn't say no but i would have no problem walking away if i tried it out and it didn't work i'd be like bye and they were dead to me like that was how i was but yeah it was very strange so but I, I totally think I'm so glad that I shared um, extra Ali's advice on that because there just because somebody likes you doesn't mean that you ha- that you have to just set down your own free will and then hop aboard whatever whatever relationship plan they have for you right and you can leave at any time you don't have to say anything so the original poster said thanks for this it's a great perspective so then let me see if there's any i'm cold reading these because i don't like reading things multiple times and then because it's just not organic so goldman 93 Asked, did he write from a new email address, phone number, or whatever medium you received his message from? If not, you have not implemented no contact. No contact means blocking all known channels of communication, deleting any messages from newly created accounts, phone numbers, etc., and then blocking that too. You cope by going no contact and realizing that the person he presented himself as was you. He mirrored you the whole time. All those amazing attributes and qualities you probably tried to be a decent, loving and honest human being, you fell in love with yourself and rightly so. He showed you exactly what you were putting out into the world. It's easier said than done because healing after a roller coaster ride like that takes time. But what you essentially need is to go pour that love into yourself. Absolutely. Um that is that's 100% True, excuse me. I I definitely think that a lot of the times people feel that's how the narcissists trick us when we're in those relationships. Um, it doesn't have to be romantic. My mom also mirrored me. Uh, that's how I got bamboozled and swog, hornswoggled my entire life. She mirrored me, and that mirroring broke when my sister and I were in the same truck and she couldn't pick which mirror version of herself to use. So she mirror started mirroring me and then that alerted my sister to what was going on. And then that is how the whole nightmare ended or actually that chapter ended and a new one began. <laughs> so the mirroring is 100% true. So when the original poster claims, I know he loves me, no, he loves what you're giving them. And she fell in love, not with him, but with her reflection, because that's what he was doing, marrying him back. And that's, I'm so glad that Goldman added that in and helped. That's why I wanted to um, start adding in these Reddit conversations, because everybody has an amazing piece to the puzzle, to the healing puzzle to add. So I'm, I'm putting the link to these conversations in the show notes. If you want to go back through, if you want to add your, per, your reply to it, you go, you'll be able to go and answer and help out this uh, original poster right from my show notes because I'm putting the link in the show notes. So then the next post on the narcissistic abuse Reddit posted by Red Panda, um, they said difference between hoovering and genuine reconnection. Hoover. How do you know the difference between narcissistic hoovering and a healthy, genuine reaching out from someone to reconnect? Well, my first thought was when I read that sentence is, how do you know? Um, Consider the source. That's how you know. If any sort of anything is coming from the narcissist, I don't trust it whatsoever. It's the milk. With the overdue expiration date in your fridge do not trust it throw it out (laughs) do not sniff it do not no get rid of it (laughs) so you know yeah and so then they go on and say there's an individual in my life i've struggled with for some time whom i believe is a narcissist or has strong covert narcissistic traits i felt really devalued by him and it greatly affected my mental health and perception of my self-worth finally about a month ago i told him I need time and space from him because of how he made me feel. But recently he reached out, a casual joke that he thought I would enjoy. The last several weeks have made me really wonder, was he that bad? Did I really perceive things rightly, or was I too sensitive and had too high of expectations? What would you say are the differences between a narc hoovering and a genuine friend trying to reach out? So. The difference is, like I said, consider the source. Um, If this person, you know, if this person was in a long-term relationship with this, this individual and they felt devalued and they started to feel like they were sliding in to that narcissistic abuse type of a relationship and they got out before it even could begin and now they're questioning whether or not they should get out, If they didn't make you feel good while you were there, then don't go back, right? Why put yourself through that? And I realize a lot of people in the world get really lonely and they would rather stay in a miserable relationship than stay in a right relationship, than stay in a healthy relationship. That's not the way to go. You do not want to sacrifice your own sanity, your own growth, your own healing and everything. Now, without knowing a lot of the context on exactly like what their relationship was like, they didn't really go into detail on that. They just said they felt really devalued by him and it greatly affected their mental health and perception of their self-worth. That alone is enough for you to go, yeah, no, I'm not going to waste my time with that. That's like, no, that's like going to a restaurant and being like, oh, I was really hungry and I went to this restaurant and the food was, you know, kind of good. The meat was undercooked. I had a cockroach in my rice. My pop was flat. The cheese had mold on it. But, you know, I don't know. Should I leave a bad review? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everything you just said was like a miserable meal why second guess that miserable meal you were valid and going this is disgusting who i'm paying money to eat properly cooked meat unmoldy cheese carbonated beverages you know what i mean and when you start into a relationship you should not immediately start feeling like it's affecting your mental health it's affecting your perception of your self-worth you know that those things are red flags for a reason and you need to get out and don't listen to that little voice that goes, but was he really that bad? Yes. Yes, enough for you to go, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to eat at this restaurant ever again. That's, that's enough. And a casual joke that they recently reach out with is just a testing of the water. It's a, I'm going to throw this fishing line out and see if I can get a stupid fish to bite it. Because they don't think you're smart enough to catch on to their antics. They do look at you as a stupid fish. They do. And you gotta prove them wrong. You gotta keep that no contact, move on, find a better, happier, healthier relationship in your future. But most importantly, make sure you're at a great place before you even launch into that other relationship so yeah and then the question was what would you say are the differences between a narc hoovering and a genuine friend trying to reach out genuine friends do not affect your mental health and the perception of your self-worth and if they do you should sit down and go listen what you said wasn't really okay you know, I consider you a friend, but that behavior is not that of a friend. So if we're going to keep being friends, I'm going to need you to not do that anymore. I don't do this to you. I rec—I expect this reciprocation of behavior back or else I can't continue being your friend anymore. And here I would say, consider the source. If it, if you had been in a narc relationship, checks all the boxes and this little reaching out comes out hoovering (laughs) stamp it send it (laughs) hoovering if it was a friend who you've never had any problems with and maybe they were pmsing maybe they just had a grumpy day maybe whatever they should be able to and it shouldn't be an every time occurrence either you know patterns exist for a reason There's a lot of people have like one-offs, you know, one-off bad day, a little butting of heads, but both people are supposed to be able to go, hey, you know, I had a bad day the other day and I snapped at you and you could be like, oh, that's okay. I forgive you. And then you move on. But when the person who does the biting is constantly the person who does the biting and then also doesn't reach out and apologize, kick them to the curb because you're just going to keep getting more of the same. So... That's where we're at right now. I'll put the links to those Reddit posts in the show notes. I hope some of this chat about hoovering has helped. I'm sure doing the Narcissist podcast, the chat about hoovering is never going to end because there's always different types of hoovering that comes from different types of narcissists. So now we're going to be going into my journey so far regarding hoovering. Alright, so my journey so far with hoovering, I didn't have any show notes for this because it's in my brain. So, here we go. So far, the examples with hoovering I'm going to touch base on is coming from my mom, would be most recently. So, we went no contact in January-ish of 2020. So, it's been almost two complete years of me not reaching out. And on January, it will be two full years. And through that period of time, her version of hoovering started when she showed up for like Christmas of 2020. She just, she showed up, it was gifts, you know, saying, giving my husband a guilt trip at the door. I was using the restroom. We were getting ready to go out with my sister to look at Christmas lights and to get groceries. And she brought presents, and then being that my husband is his language of love is presents. And she gave him puppy dog eyes and promised him that she wasn't there to start any problems. She just wanted to give her grandbabies their Christmas presents. So, he felt bad, he didn't ask, he just felt guilted into doing it, and he let her in. And then he said, the minute she laid eyes on me when I came out, like after he went in and told me what he did, and I was like, what the hell, like what are you doing? (laughs) And I went out, I've, I've gone over all of this in past episodes. So I went, and he said the minute she laid her eyes on me, she turned into like this evil monster. Like she gave him one story flipped on me and was ready to go for attack in my own house unprovoked no idea like she was even gonna do this and that my husband was gonna get sucked in but now he knows and he learned the hard way and i had to suffer so that he could learn the hard way (laughs) so then so her first attempt was with presents, and then she proceeded you know during that visit to yell at us and call us all demons (laughs) so (laughs) you know that's that's fun time. My kids still remember this, you know, my daughter just turned 10. So she was eight when her grandma was in her kitchen calling her a demon. And that's something that she'll remember now forever is that her grandma was out there calling them demons. And I, we've had to keep them and educate them right along with us now because it was thrown, they were thrown into the middle of it. All of a sudden my mom just throwing these horrible temper tantrums and crazy fits in my kitchen right in front of them so what were, were our options were do what lie to them and make up excuses for her or just sit down and have an honest conversation that there are people out there that have these tendencies and this is how they treat people and there's a whole list of behavioral traits that these people have they're this way for a certain reason And, you know, people can call you names and it doesn't mean that it's true. So, when your grandma does that to you, uh, we had to go and tell them they were not demons, we're not demons, and um, most likely she's she has some sort of an issue inside of her on a soul level or a mental level or both, and that is why she's lashing out at us. So... The hoovering then continued with her sending them birthday presents, which, side note, she did not send them birthday presents this year, so um, she was, her way of hoovering is trying to go behind my back and gifting my family presents. So then, um, so around Christmas we can expect some sort of a hoovering tactic. Through the mail, through Amazon, now ever since I had to swiffer her out of my house, I just had to put my arm out and slowly just keep it straight and like literally slowly walk her out of my house that the second time when she came because she refused to leave and she was yelling and being belligerent and I had to say bye bye. So I think now she knows that I'm not going to allow her to exist in my house. She is not welcome. She has uh, acted a fool too many times with her narcissistic temper tantrums and her like just overall everything. So now she does the weird hoovering of trying to, um, she keeps making Facebook accounts and trying to friend me. And, And I just laughed at myself. I'm like, what planet do you live on? Or you think that I'm gonna to go, today's the day I'm gonna reconnect with my mother who loves to destroy every area of my life, who infected every relationship, burnt every bridge behind my back, turned entire groups of people against me and my family. And the, you know, like who shows up and calls my family, to, you know, it's just nuts. It's just such a mind warp that narcissists, they don't They're so thirsty for your supply that they literally will just do anything to get you back. And they will just still, their brain cannot function properly to go, she's totally going to know that I'm doing, you know, they don't have that self-awareness. Narcissists are not very self, they don't have that self-awareness. It doesn't dawn on her that I'm doing this. And then also there's a part of narcissists where they go, they, if, if she thought that that bothered me, it don't. All I go is block, done, move on. She'll make another one, block. I don't care. I don't clutch my pearls. I don't let it bother me. I feel totally in control of my response and my emotions now. I understand some people, it would stress them out if this person just kept trying to friend them. It would stress them out. To me, I have enough of, um, confidence in my person to be able to go block move on live my life oh you're back again block move on live my life whatever you know i don't <laughs> she's either being like creepy weird going hey, 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 i'm just gonna keep screwing with her and keep friending her or she's so that she doesn't realize that her actions are so out of left field that she has pooped on any chance of ever having healthy relationships with her daughters because of her inability to accept responsibility for anything she's ever said or done. And the fact that she does not have control over her emotions. She is very verbally abusive At times, you know, physically attempt, physical attempts, but thankfully I've always been stronger than her. And then mentally abusive, manipulating, conniving, that kind of stuff. So most recently, she has decided to uh, start trying to message my husband on Messenger, Facebook Messenger. She on her new magical Facebook accounts with her new husband's last name and her new whatever life going on that she's still trying to make happen. She messages him, and what does she do? She sends him quotes about, like, just quote pictures that you see on Facebook that get shared all the time. And it's like, you need to learn to forgive and forget and move on. You know, weird stuff like that. Like, trying to guilt him into not talking to her. He's trying to, once again, she's knocking on the door that got the reaction she wanted. She's like, oh, well, I can't go and try to weasel my way in with my daughter. She's on to me. But I can go try and hit that weak link that she thought it worked the last time when he let her in. And now he's wisened up. He don't reply back to her because he sees exactly what she's doing. She's just trying to weasel her way back in to feed off from us again, to... to, try to destroy and burn any final bridges or whatever she had going on. So this has been two years and the woman has still not stopped trying to Hoover. The thing that we do is we do what that poster on Reddit said. If you're truly going to go no contact, block, 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 deny, deny, get new phone numbers, new emails, new social media. I had to create an entirely different Facebook account. Just... Because, one, I didn't know who she had been burning in the background. I didn't know where my allegiances were. I didn't know who I could trust and who I couldn't trust. Who she had weaseled in. I had to start new. I had to start fresh. I had to cut relationships out of my life because they had already been slowly tainted in the background now. And I also questioned a lot of those relationships on... Was I just continuously attracting new narcissist friendships because I was raised by a narcissist? The answer, I think, is yes, I was. Because I always felt like I was a way better friend than my friends were ever to me. I would try my best to be there for them in their time of need. But time and time again, in my darkest hours, my friends were never around. So I do thank God that I have my husband. Who is my best friend? And he says I am also his best friend. So I do feel very blessed in that regard. And um, we have very healthy relationships that we are trying to cultivate with our children. Knowing what we know about our childhoods and stuff. We want to be very open and honest with ourselves. And we double check everything. We think, we say, and we, you know, just make sure that we are not in some way letting any piece of our childhood rearing and the treatment of our parents bleed over, you know, the bad things that we remember. And I think that's just something that us as parents, if you're a healthy parent, you, that you want for your children anyways. You know, you just want them to have a better experience than you had without spoiling them. You know, it's just a, it's a fine balance. It's a little, it's a balancing act. So, so yeah, hoovering is still going on. You can expect it. They won't, they won't just go, hmm. I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. They will still have a reason. If their relationships are going sour, we immediately started wondering, oh, is my my mom's new hubby not, you know, living up to her expectations after only knowing him for six weeks before she got married to him? (laughs) I can't imagine that happening. (laughs) So it's something, you know, rocking in paradise, and she has to bring us back into the picture to triangulate. Um, My sister, before we, you know, stopped talking, had said that she was telling him that we weren't talking to her because she was getting married to a new man. So her new husband doesn't even know why her family does not want to talk to her. She has already lied to her new husband and telling him the reason why we're not talking to her is because we just can't wrap our heads around her marrying a new man. Totally leaving out the fact I could care less. I cook her less. She can live her life. I don't care if she gets remarried. I don't care. I have zero feelings for this. What I have a problem with is she's lying to this guy right now and she's, once again, she doesn't want to be like, oh, it's because I've done everything I possibly could to be a jack wagon to my daughters and they finally caught on after 40 years and and that's why they don't want to talk to me anymore. I cut them down any chance I get. I try to make them question their identity, their everything about their lives, you know. I would have to say that going no contact with my mom, it was probably hard by society standards because everywhere you go people are like, you're a bad person if you don't like your parents. And Christian people would be like, you're supposed to honor your father and your mother No, honorable people get honored, not dishonorable people. It doesn't say honor your abusers, okay? So don't get that twisted. And then you'll hear in one of the hard things I've noticed is like on Facebook and be like, I love my mother. Please share this if you love your mother. I'm like, I love what I thought my mother was. (laughs) I don't love what she is right now. So, you know, yeah, it's a weird place to be trying to unravel everything. But one thing I can tell you is expect hoovering and don't get sucked into the vacuum of the narcissist. Don't let them bamboozle you because you're going to get discarded and then the cycle will be never ending. They will decycle, they will discard you and then hoover you, discard you and then hoover you until they get a better supply. And then when that supply runs out, they might go back because if you weren't to them smart enough to tell them and strong enough to tell them no two, three, four times in the past, they'll just go back because you're easy to manipulate. So at some point, you just got to say, you know what, I'm valuable without them. My value doesn't change. On uh, regarding how they treat me, if somebody treats you poorly, doesn't that doesn't mean that you're a poorly valued person? That just means that they don't value anybody enough to treat them fairly. So, all right. So keep your heads on a on a swivel. Excuse me, I'm getting cotton mouth. Had to take a sip of my sparkle water. Woo! Podcasting and talking about your you know about your situations and. Having this conversation with my computer screen can, you know, make me kind of thirsty. So keep your head on a swivel. The narcissists are never fully gone. They're just hiding behind a new bush, waiting to attack. And the best thing you can do is go no contact if you can, cut those ties, change those phone numbers, change those emails, block them, block them, block them, do not reply, delete the messages, don't even open them sometimes it'll say that you read their message and they'll know that that seed was planted. Don't allow that seed in your head, all right? We have mind gardens to protect. Get those weed thoughts out, keep the narc out, shut the gate on your garden, and live your life and have a good one. All right, well... I hope this episode I recorded helps someone else who may be going through a similar situation or knows someone who has. It can be very discouraging to many because they feel guilty for airing their dirty, airing the dirty deeds done by others to them, but we should never feel ashamed and shamed into silence. And that is something that I've always wanted to, to keep in mind. As we live in a very shame-based society, people shame you for anything they can get their hands on. If you don't fit in their tiny little box, believe me, the der-der-der-jack-wagons of the world will find some way to try to shame you. And they will try to shame you into silence, and don't ever let somebody shame you into silence. Don't ever let anybody do that. So... Um, I feel comfortable talking about my experiences here because they're my experiences. I don't put names, I don't tell people who they are, if the people who abused or narcissists in my life find my podcast and know that I'm talking about them, good, fine, I don't care. They shouldn't be treating me as bad in the first place, but I don't draw attention to them and I don't put them on blast in their personal lives and um, that's what I do. So I share my stories and what i've learned so far in order to inspire others to feel comfortable to do the same and then hopefully i can help someone because wake up from their own narcissistic induced nightmare (laughs) because it is a mind screw let me tell y'all But don't let it get you down. Don't let it get you down. Laughter is my coping mechanism. That's why you will hear me laugh. Because that's just my personality. I have to laugh my way through, or else I, because I don't like crying. I don't like my mascara and my eyeliner getting messed up. (laughs) So I will just laugh my way through the ridiculousness of life. So if you have a story of your own that you would like to share, you can email the show at IwasHornSwaggled at gmail.com. Or head to the website to use the record message option. And you can always tweet the show and all that jazz. And you can find the show at my podcast website, hornswoggledpodcast.com. And there's also hornswoggledpodcast.wordpress.com. And I am on Twitter. See, I have my show notes here. So I have all of my information nice and handy. Just when I say that, I'm like, do I even have that in my show notes? But I have all the places that you can listen to the show um, right on my website, too. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher. I want to say I might even be on Amazon Music and Audible at this point, but I'll have to double check. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Oh, and that Twitter was Horn Swaggled Pod on Twitter. Just thought I'd throw that out there. I started to tell you and then I totally didn't tell you because I'm tired. And it's time to go to bed. Bye.